Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week, we'll be bringing you insights, advice, and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. Tantrums, wobblers, meltdowns, whatever you call them, if you're the parent of a toddler, you know them well. But what can we do to diffuse the situation when tempers flare and patience is hanging by a thread? Parenting coach Aoife Lee to the rescue. Parent coach is such a um, an, an important title. So Aoife, yes. <laughs> how does one become a parent coach and how did you get into parent coaching? Um, yeah, it has been, um, you know, a long story for me. Um, I would have studied back in the day when I finished up with school in social studies over, started over in Ballyfermot at Senior College, went on and finished my degree in Sligo IT. Um, and that is back over 20 years ago now. I can't believe it. Um, started off with the health service executive, then working early intervention, children in care, mm-hmm. and um, pretty much started my family then at the latter end of my 12 years with the health service felt at that point that I kind of needed to move on and priorities had changed and I felt like I needed a new purpose Mm -hmm. and so while I was actually pregnant with my eldest lad who is now 13 Charlie um, I went and started a degree in parent coaching and um, I kind of parked it for a while went back to work with the health service after um, my maternity leave with Charlie um, then proceeded and had my second daughter, Katie, who's now 10. And it was only at that time during my maternity leave that I thought I need to make some big decisions here. Um, And I chose to start up on my own as parent support, a massive decision to make. Um, because obviously we two salaries coming in and it was a big, a big chance. Um, But it has allowed me over the last seven, eight years to really... um, kind of work and manage family life which as we all know at the last two years since COVID hit has been a real massive Mm -hmm. um, has had a massive impact um, with families and uh, so yeah um, and I kind of initially started off with just offering one-to-one support and then it kind of started to grow legs in that um, uh, you know I had different organizations corporate companies coming to me asking me look will I come in and do a talk with working parents Um, you know and it was lovely because we had all these uh, mums and dads and caregivers uh, you know coming into their boardroom and meeting rooms and talking about the kids that they'd only had you know a more uh, official job meeting mm-hmm. you know half an hour earlier so it was lovely um so i have proceeded to go down that route um and then being a mom myself um i've like i've mentioned I have three kids charlie is 13 katie's 10 and jamie is four um i feel like relating to my clients is really important and I think when my clients know that I have an understanding and that, you know, we all have our good days and our bad days, that makes it can be really important to build that rapport and that understanding and empathy that parenting is bloody hard. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, like we were chatting about it, you know, uh, even if there's listeners here kind of in the throes of the toddler years or maybe they've got the older kids like myself. We all, regardless of what's going on, while you might be saying goodbye to one stage of development, Mm -hmm. you're subsequently going to move on to the next. But 
it's I think really important that you know we don't try and think oh my god what's going to be like in five years time yeah it's just taking it stage by stage and that there is lots of support out there um and yeah I've I feel so grateful that I have been I've been able to share that support for hundreds of families um over mm-hmm. the years so yeah and how do you feel like you're you kind of briefly touched on it there but you obviously did a um like further studies in it is it is it the practical living it every day do you feel like that's given you the most insight into to parenting yeah yeah it's uh, you know certainly um you know my my instagram page at parent support i share with my followers like the real daily family graph challenges when you've got the you know the the theory side of it people want to know where i'm getting my kind of information from or what's behind Mm -hmm. it and i think what's key is when i work with families and parents when i am maybe doing a piece on the radio or writing an article it's important to give some insight into the whys Mm -hmm. because when we try and resolve it there and then, it's important to look at the reasoning of where our kids are at and what might be happening. So, yes, the the practical theory side is important, um, but the real life, you know what, this is what I find is mm-hmm. helpful. This is what other clients have found is helpful and has worked. Um, that's just as important and it reassures then my parents that, Do you know, I'm going to give it a go. And when it works, it's like, oh, my God, game changer. Yeah. At the same time, um, it's not always going to work all of the time. So, yeah, it just depends but I, on the I scenario. I suppose when you have worked with so many parents and uh, even through the your media appearances, you know, you have mm. even more insight of, of people ringing in and talking about that. You you might start to see patterns. Is that, Like, would that be a thing? Yeah. Patterns with different, yeah, yeah, children at different stages where it's like, well, this kind of this is what happens and this is a solution. Yeah, I know um, <laughs> a lot of the questions that come in um, uh, for me and a lot of my clients, it it's around kind of behaviors Mm -hmm. and from the very early stages of kind of 18 months onwards when our smaller children are becoming more assertive and more independent that coincides with the developmental stages as well then we go into the kind of early toddler years and like you know Jamie he's only turned four Mm -hmm. but he still knows his own mind and Mm -hmm. so it depends really on um the kind of whether it is I'm with a corporate company I might be going in and, and talking about a particular topic but you'll still find that the same issues, concerns, worries and challenges come up for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but behaviour is a big thing. During the pandemic, during the lockdowns and, and even when as we come out of the toughest of times, a lot of parents are talking about their kids feeling anxious, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like that, parents are burnt out. Families are burnt out and um you know, to have the, you know, the recent weather <laughs> storms come into play yeah. is, yeah, um, is all part and parcel of it. But So I suppose that kind of leads us nicely into kind of the, f- the frame of this episode, which is behavioural um, kind of led, but tantrums. I think yeah. tantrums are tantrums, one of... meltdowns. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, you, <laughs> whatever, call whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, Distressing. Tests oh. from, I don't know what. Yeah. Um, but... You know, for me, the stage I'm at, um, I have a three-year-old. So we've been having, we've been dealing with tantrums for over a year now, I'd Mm. say, since she was about 18 months. Yeah. But 
what like what are tantrums for starters? I'm mm-hmm. like because I'm still trying to figure them out, even yes. though I should know them inside out at this stage. Like are are tantrums a normal everyday part of a child's life? Um, yeah. You know, is it normal for them to come from out of absolutely nowhere? Yes, yes, yes. Can can we have the tantrum 101, please? (laughs) Well, that's why I'm here. Um, Yeah, you know, you said there, although I should know kind of what it's all about. What all of us know as parents today is that we know our own children best. Okay, and I think um, there's a lot to be said and God love our younger kids, whether they're just coming into those early years of tantrums or they're coming out the other side. Um, they get a bad owl rep because, yeah. you know, it's the terrible twos, the terrible threes, what it's all about. And and often before even parents get into those years, they're already Dreading thinking, them. oh, my God, you know, when are they mm-hmm. when are they coming on top of us? And um, a lot of it is to do with and I mentioned it there earlier, the, their developmental stages. And um, it's just one element of it. Um, you know, our two year olds in particular, they like their own way. The world revolves around them Um, they get quite stuck in their ways when let's say change happens they love routine when new babies arrive they can regress Um, typical normal behaviours hitting, kicking biting, full on on the ground. I'm nodding and very, in- I'm like <laughs> nod, nod, nod yeah. Yeah. all of these behaviours are normal and often what happens is as parents we panic because we're like how do we manage it and we come in and we try and understand where it's coming from um, and then we try and manage it and how we manage it mightn't work. So we try something different. So as a result, we get into this whole rhythm and rhyme of chopping and changing our approaches to a point where we're getting really frustrated because nothing, none of, none of them work. And then the kids get confused and they just up the ante even more because no matter what they're doing or how they're behaving, it's working because it's getting mum and dad engaged. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, it's the developmental stages. Also, um, habits form very quickly. Children learn very quickly what gets uh, attention. Mm-hmm. What again, like I say, what gets our reaction? What gets us engaged? Um, a lot of it is about feeling frustrated, and they don't know how to express themselves. They don't actually know how to articulate. I am really annoyed right now. Mm. Their language mightn't have developed to a point yet. There might be a language delay, and they're really struggling with saying, "I am really cross. I am really sad. I'm really upset. I am not happy with this." So as a result, it comes out in the behaviour. And often with behaviour, some kids are low key and they push it, and then they'll kind of take a step back. Other kids go full full throttle, and um, uh, you know they just feel completely overwhelmed. So what we see is the byproduct of frustration maybe looking for attention looking for control because a lot happens in their day they're not in control of they don't intend to happen and they can't resolve themselves so the difference between us as adults and our kids is that we typically when something's going on we can make that connection between how we're feeling and uh, the scenario and what we need to do to kind of resolve for our kids they're just dealing with what's presented to them on a given day and if the behaviours are learned if they you know this typical kind of like goes from not to 100 in seconds mm-hmm. like what is that all about and it's just they're not going to dilly dally at zero to ten they're going to rock <laughs> on up to 100 because that's when mum and dad or whoever's at home mm. will kind of get involved um but uh, you there's know there's so much going on in their little brains like and i think and s- you sort of for- forget that there is so much development going on all the time all these sparks flying you know new things coming at them every single day that we just take for granted so you know I suppose expecting this sort of over we should expect 
kids to be overwhelmed, but it just doesn't make it easy to deal with it, even if we understand that. So like how <laughs> if you're if you're in that new uh, stage where yeah. you know really in fairness like to, you know we're feeding them and we're they're following us around and then they start to kind of get a bit of a swagger on and they're like okay we've actually on. noticed uh, swagger is a very good word we've <laughs> noticed this in like the last not joking week like Theo has been very chilled very easygoing smiley kind of just like does what he wants or does what you tell him to yeah. you know not what you tell him to but he'll he just compliant. goes into the flow very compliant yeah. um and we've had Isabel being extremely like um, forthright and strong willed for the last like year and a bit. So yeah. it's been a huge contrast. But in the last week, all of a sudden he's found his voice and oh. he won't do certain things. And he like he's even started like shouting like with his toys. He'd be like, <laughs> and we're kind of like, where has the little Where's baby gone? Oh, like, yeah. where is our little angel boy gone? Because he's yeah. being like, I don't know if it's like he's learning. He's like, well, if I want to be heard in this house, I yeah. have to just roar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can kind of see it starting to evolve, which is terrifying. Yeah. And he has his older sister. So yes. when you do have the younger siblings, um, they will mirror older siblings' behaviours. Um, but something that is really important to note is that all of our children, while, you know, I think we all know them best, they all have different personalities and temperaments. As adults and as parents, mums, dads, carers, we all have different ways of communicating, of um, dealing with behaviour. So mm. some of us are kind of quite patient. Others are real softies. Others are really kind of like, um, you know, disciplined and want to kind of get to the bottom of it. And all of these factors, whether it be developmental, whether it be where they are in a family, how we manage and how we respond will all impact on the the end result, whether it is kind of dealing with those daily behaviours. But one thing I'd say is when we are in the throes of it or when you start to see things are kicking kicking off and spilling over, we have to remember that um, our, our, our smaller kids have great difficulty kind of rationalising and, and, and self-regulating their emotions. So when they hit that top, that you know, full on moment, and we're like, oh my god. We call them level. We we have let we we call them melters in our house, and <laughs> we have levels. Red alert! So red alert! Like level ten is is what you would think. There's max ten is. levels. There's ten, oh and then god. sometimes it even goes to eleven. And when you know it's a le- like eleven, um, like <gasps> sometimes like myself, and my husband will just text each other like level ten or level eleven melter, <laughs> um, and then you know it's bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then that's where we will panic essentially and 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 pre might go in with all guns blazing and and we kind of want to firefight it and make it stop um whereas we really have to put the kind of the calm head on which i know as a as a mom it's that's really difficult that can be really yeah. difficult but when, a, when a, a tantrum is that extreme your natural reaction is to you know be as reflect kind yeah of. it's to reflect it's to be as extreme like it's really hard just to be Cent- center yourself and well, not like, like roar yeah. at them I feel like there's That's a the natural reaction yeah like I go from and like when you're saying there's the calm parent there's this parent like I feel like I am all of those parents because <laughs> yeah. I will start off the situation and like I've I've obviously been reading about this as well and trying to you know be very like level headed and calm and and even <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds terrible I actually saw I don't know who sent it to me or maybe I popped up on something I actually saw this video of this dog that was like a stray dog right this sounds insane and it was being rescued and the dog was like feral and really scared and like shivering and cowering and fear and whatever and like the person rescuing it was like 
coaxing it out of its like delirium by being really kind and like softly, softly. And sometimes when Isabel's having her level 11s, I'm like, okay, just be really calm, offer support, be like that person saving the stray dog, you know, whatever, and like (laughs) tentatively, you know, reassure her and then hopefully she trusts me enough to know that we're in it together, whatever. So that's how I start off, but like inevitably, and her tantrums can last, I'm not joking you, they can go on for 40 minutes. Yeah. When we're probably at like minute 37, I then, unfortunately, I'll lose the head. Yeah. Because I'm just like, give over you yeah. know what I mean I'm yeah. just like come on like yeah. stop it yeah and I can see it happening and then after it happens I feel horrendous because I've mm. roared at her and um, and I can see her own her little face like she's just like what the hell is going on here and it's mm. just the most horrendous it's a horrendous Aww. feeling for everyone involved yeah but you literally it, there's so many other factors at play you're sleep deprived you have another child to look after you're working full time. You know, mm. there's just so many things there. They sound like excuses, but I do think no. they're actually really valid they're not because excuses, they're all part no. of the situation. This is the like reality. It's your, it's yeah. your life as yeah. well. That's the thing. You know, mm. your child is obviously the most important thing and um, it's their life that, you know, matters so much, but so does yours. And you know, having those reactions is is natural, right? Like, yeah. Absolutely. And I have a temper myself, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. my husband's always like, She got it from you and I'm like, No, she didn't, she got it from you. <laughs> um yeah, I'm like, She's very stubborn, like you. Um <laughs> But yeah, I feel like and like unfortunately what you're saying about mirroring, sometimes I'm like, Oh god, is she mirroring my behaviour? Because mm. I've roared at her and now she thinks that's the way to resolve things. Thing is, right, we give ourselves such a tough time. Um and if we've had a bad day and the kids are sleeping soundly <laughs> um you know, we look at them thinking, oh, was it that bad? But every, you know, we have to take into account there's a lots of factors, there's a lots of layers to what's going on in our day, whether you have got other siblings at home, whether you've got demands in work, and, uh, you know, you're just trying to keep the show on the road. And all of those factors play a big part. One thing is, though, when we are in the throes of it, um, we're all human at the end of the day, and we will sometimes let a roar, and we will engage, and we will kind of feed into it, and... It's really taking a step back. And if you are at that point, you're like, something actually has to change here because what I'm currently doing is not working. And we need to take a step back and look at, right, what do we, what do we need to do now? And um, often it's kind of the triggers, uh, looking at the triggers. Are they tired? Are they hungry? Uh, have, they have, have they not seen you all day, let's say, if you are working? You know, has there been a sick grandparent in hospital and you've been in and out a lot? Has there been a bereavement, a house move? Like they're big things that impact us. So when children experience change or like that's just the everyday stuff. Um, they're not, you know, they're not getting their own way because remember they want to get their own way a lot of the time. They're looking for that control. This that's where things can easily kind of fall asunder for them. And so looking at the triggers, looking at kind of the pattern, playing detective in a way, and there mightn't be that answer either for you that you're looking for. So it's then looking at, okay, how do we manage it the next time? And um, that's where you go into, you know, fixing or or changing up, changing up kind of how how you want things to to go. Um, I think... I think families find it a real struggle when something doesn't work. It's that panic of, oh my God, is this normal? And for the most part, it is, you mm-hmm. know, what we, what we really see. What are like, <laughs> like what do we do? This isn't a private <laughs> consultation, I swear. Um, what are your red flags? Like, do you ever like go into a situation with families and you see certain red flags that you're like, okay, this isn't actually just something that you can manage with mm. different techniques? Yeah, like I suppose... Uh, 
that can from be like red flags can be for the parents too yeah <laughs> yeah you know when, when I let's say talk to parents and work with parents we do look at all the other aspects of the child's life and you know how are they presenting in creche in preschool in school how are they are with their peers how are they socializing you know looking at kind of where they are developmentally so you know obviously in those early years sometimes we can jump to god maybe it is something else mm. and I think over time and I suppose I, I'm not in a position necessarily to be assessing that area of it but I can often steer parents in another direction in the early years obviously they're linked into their primary care teams or public health nurses I know during the pandemic and I would have got this through even just my own Instagram page when I was talking about Jamie having mm. his fourth um, four year check which was all new to me um, and a lot of parents came back saying you know that they were, were it was tough because they haven't had the access to due to COVID to the public health nurses but it's typically during those checks that if something needed to be highlighted that they would they would check in on that but obviously what I would say is if you're anyway concerned talk to your GP talk mm-hmm. to your public health nurse um, if you're anyway worried um, even with speech or developmental milestones etc um, you that know. is that's actually the hard thing for us because Isabel is so verbal like she's got an amazing yes. um, speech like her vocabulary has been brilliant since she was really really young and mm. um, so she can tell you exactly what she wants and what she doesn't want yes. so you kind of think like and this is definitely where we've um, failed in the past like she'll tell us something she'll tell us one thing but then want to do the complete opposite. And we're like, well, she told us. And I'm like, well, she has her words. She knows exactly what she's doing, yeah. but she actually doesn't know what she's feeling. I suppose that's the difference. She can say it, but she's not feeling it. Yeah. And um, I would share this with families all of the time. Obviously, there are days where you feel like I'm, I'm just winging it here. Mm-hmm. I am just, let's just get to from one hour to the next. Um, but essentially, when it comes to parenting, it's really important that we try from, you know, the early days to establish boundaries and expectations so you might have your 80 month old and you're expecting them to share when really they don't understand they 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 haven't that concept understand concept of sharing until like you're three plus but boundaries are like we're doing them all without just even realizing it's like what's your morning routine like the bedtime routine um you know sweet treats in the during the week versus the weekend how many snacks is there how you know how do we treat one another like no hitting allowed no biting allowed Mm -hmm. being gentle all of these are very simple boundaries and as our kids get older it's like right boundaries around screen time boundaries about working or helping around the Mm -hmm. house um you know sibling rivalry again how we treat one another like Really? children start to understand that like they, yes. they can follow in you know fall into those sort of routines they they get it well what it does is it creates predictability and consistency yeah okay. and that's where you that's know what we're hearing a lot that it's just yeah. routine is is very important and I I'm actually read your one of your latest Instagram posts was about the consistency and, yes. and boundaries yeah <laughs> and um that's it was what like, it's all it was about. like save, save this post and <laughs> I was like sense. save um <laughs> and it is it's that whole thing of of consistency and I think I definitely I'm full short of that sometimes yeah. where um I suppose it's it's kind of like our lives aren't consistent at the moment, yeah. which I know, again, I sound like I'm making excuses, but no. even like working from home, which I think is the most amazing opportunity, I think it's the best thing to come out of COVID that mm-hmm. we have a hybrid working scheme because it's made life so much easier for mm. me as a working parent. Mm. Even that there's a lack of structure there that I think we would have if they were 
being minded full time at home, mm. like without me being there or in a crash situation. Yeah. So there are some days where I'm like, gosh, you listen, why don't we, you know? Yeah, the, the kind of bone, the, there's some gray areas yes. of when you have your parenting hat on versus when you have your work hat on. Yeah. And sometimes the kids can get confused, yeah. uh, particularly when they're young, like, oh, mom's down, or you might come down for your lunch and then you're whipping back up to the mm -hmm. room to take a call and that's when they'll start to lose it yeah. because they're like hold on a second mum was just here a second yeah, ago yeah the door is banged and, and yeah. there's a lot of screaming outside the door a lot of times <laughs> when I'm on calls listen can I say can I just tell you the reality I remember doing an interview a live interview on Ireland AM and it was back in the summertime and I was talking about travelling with the kids you know mm -hmm. it was when we were allowed to start to kind of move around the yeah. country yeah. and honestly uh, my he was kind of three and a half at the time and um, he was at the door <laughs> banging at the door and there I was and I was it was a Zoom interview yeah. I was yeah. at the time and I remember afterwards going oh my god <laughs> I nearly died and there I was all pro face on yeah. and um, my husband said but you know because he had kind of left the vicinity he was still in the house but he didn't realise what was going on of oh course mm. and um, it was only afterwards and oh my god I, I saw, I'm sure you can hear it I looked back I looked back and I could hear him and <laughs> <laughs> like my husband, my husband says no one else would have heard I was like okay I am living the balancing work home yeah, life yeah. but um I suppose, uh, you know, going back to the be the behaviours and, and the expectations, the boundaries and routine and people can kind of go, oh, here we go. This routine word is bandied about a lot. But really but and truly, like mm. kids love to know a plan. Yeah. They yeah. like things to be the same. Our smallies are very repetitive. They like things to be kind of in order. And while they're never going to ask us, right, what's the plan for the morning routine? They, they cope a lot better. So if we're chopping and changing um, and it can be confusing and then they kind of don't really know where they stand. So therefore, they're just going to chance their arm and, and push it somewhat. It's the same with if we've decided, OK, no more treats during the week. Let's say we're coming up to the Christmas holidays and we really want to kind of put the foot down or if there is, it's only at a certain time of the day. And then we start bringing in sweet treats here, there mm. or maybe additional snacks then their expectation is, okay, this is what's happening now. So it all comes back to, and I know families will always say, but how do we deal with this situation? It all comes back to, if we know what our routines are, what kind of what the expectations are, what the boundaries are, they're the foundation of how we run our household mm -hmm. and our family life and not to underestimate it, but also to be mindful of the expectations we have in ourselves, that we cannot be everything to everybody all the time. And we will all have our tough days. Um, but ultimately, it does come back to setting boundaries. And I have a lovely um, positive parenting e-learning course. I talk about consistency mm -hmm. and predictability. I talk about um, creating boundaries for the kids. And um, it's something that I can you can access on, on my website, parentsport.ie. But... Um, you know, we underestimate, though, how important boundaries can be. And they stand until our kids are literally leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, flying it, the nest. It does make, like, it does make a lot of sense when you think about it. Um, I think just the difficulty, especially with COVID, is that you, you there's so, and, you know, like, my son is in creche. Mm. And, but he's out all the time because of sickness in the creche and because of storms and everything like that. So keeping up that consistency, you yeah. know, it's so hard. Um, it but I suppose maybe 
just trying to do it when you can and then yes. also giving yourself a little bit of leeway as well not to get stressed out if yeah. there's if it's not perfect if yeah. it's not running smoothly yeah. I mean I think every family in the country have experienced the relentless sickness and it's, yeah. it's actually a blog I've just recently um, published on kind of how we can make our kids feel more comfortable when sick yeah. quite conscious that every parent again knows their own and, and, and mm-hmm. what um, what the kids like um, but that's where if you've had a period of sickness you will have automatically come out of different routines yeah. and I think really even as, as as you know you come into different holidays and, and different time off create create routines loosely mm-hmm. you know even if it is okay you know keep the bedtimes as 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 easy going but as as kind of the same as possible yeah. have your three me- my main meals a day mm-hmm. try and get out for the fresh air mm. it's okay to have that bit of screen time but it's just you know you we don't have to be regimental but what I would say is that if you're really having a tough time in the mornings getting the kids put on their coats or um, sitting to have their breakfast or getting dressed, which is the major <laughs> thing, um, you know, that's where you have to go, right, we need to tighten things up here. Um, and and even when, it, when we talk about routines, one thing and one tip I always sh- share to parents is if you're getting the kids dressed in the morning, get them dressed the minute they're up out of the bed. Like they're literally rubbing their eyes. Quick, little wash, mm-hmm. get dressed. Because getting down and getting into brekkie and then they're getting distracted with toys. Children struggle with transition. It's the same with getting coats on, moving out of the house into the car, moving from the playground to get going. They just don't like it. So it's yeah. trying to... I've know. noticed that so much more recently with Fionn. He's, you know, just going through these stages every single week. Mm. And um, the latest one is hating putting his coat on and keeping a hat on and don't go near him with gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any child that wears gloves, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Well, neither of mine do. What do you do? Yeah. Like, their hands are so cold at the end. The thing is, we can't, like, make it. Otherwise, we'll drive ourselves bananas by yeah. constantly putting them on, take them off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no kind of straightforward answer. But one nice little tip I always share with my, my families, and it's I throw it in a little nugget, is using when, then. It's like, when you put your coat on, then we go outside. When you tidy your toys up, then we put the TV on. When then is a great way of actually giving our children an option, but subsequently the the, the end result is is kind of what you want. Um, or even just breaking it down, breaking things down in directions into steps rather than, right, can you tidy up there, please? What does that mean? Can you put all your blocks in the box? Let's put all your tea set back in the container. Um, and again, children kind of can comprehend when we break things down into little, okay. little That's steps. a great tip. But I, that is so an amazing simple. tip. But I kind of, I think the way I've been doing it is it's nearly too reward based. Is that bad? So are you bribing your child to <laughs> yes, do things? Rewards, it's rewards, it's not bribes. Um, yeah, it's basically like, if you do this, you will get this. You see, this is where sometimes we can get caught up in a kind of a power struggle. And, you know, because ultimately we were like, well, we need to tell our kids to do these things and they need to do them. And that's just not the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's trying to make things like that goes back to habitual. It's trying to... Um, Again, give positive instructions. So tell them what you want them to do rather than what you don't want them to do. Or uh, like if if we ask our children to do something and they know that there is a, an incentive at the end of it, it kind of undermines what you're really, try- the message you're trying to give. And it's like, you know what? We are in charge and mum and dad or whoever, caregivers, the guardians are at home. Um, it's, it's, 
you you kind of lose a sense of empowerment there Mm -hmm. so it's like well what is the answer then how do we get our kids Mm. to do things it's the more we it's kind of goes two-pronged because if our kids um are looking for things that they can't have and it gets to that point where they're really pushing us to the point where we give in it's standing your ground and following through on different things so um and like this sounds ridiculous is it okay for them to get really, really, really upset if you don't let them do certain things or don't give them certain things? Like, I'm not a total pushover, but you know, yeah. that pester power is so, sometimes it's incessant yes. and just for your own mental health after a certain period, you just have to like, well, I just give in because yeah. I can't deal with it anymore. So that you and probably most of the nation get to that point mm. where it's like, mommy, 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 mommy. And uh, you're like, oh my God. Uh, when it gets to that point, it also it comes back to well, am I having? Are we having dinner? Are they really mad for this pack of crackers in the press? You're like, no, no, no. They're like, please, please, please. And then they up the ante. Then it goes from not one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes down to right. Well, I want them to eat their dinner, so no. Yeah. Right? So it's like, um, but then uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But then what if you say no, and then you get to dinner, and then they won't eat the dinner? Then you leave, this is something I did a piece on <laughs> on Ireland Dam at the weekend, okay. um, with fussy eating, uh, is you leave them to it. And okay. even if they're starving, then going to bed. Well, you know what? It's not a case of what often, what I, a nice little tip that I include in this, in, in with particularly with mealtimes, is that um, present the food, mm. right? Um Don't get caught up on clean plates. Present the food, but also offer out other little portions of bits that they eat mm-hmm. uh, you know pieces of fruit um you know chopped veg i mean there be people listen to me listen to this now going well my child doesn't eat chopped veg mini cracker mi- mini breadsticks mm. whatever what you want to try and encourage is a positive experience at the dinner table yeah and not get too caught up on every little scrap needs to be eaten the, again the more attention it's the same with tantrums mm. the more we feed in the more attention and more airtime we're given this yeah. scenario. So it's like, that's okay. Um, you don't have to eat that. But I am leaving it here, um, up the counter. So you let me know when you're ready. Yeah. I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist, but I would say for the dietitians and nutritionists I do know, they say it is okay to send your bed, send your child to bed hungry for a night. Guarantee the next day they're like, okay. Wolf their breakfast. They will. Yeah. And and be mindful though, we have to take into the factors of how much are they eating in the day. Yeah. You know, uh, you'd be amazed how much our kids nutritional intake yeah. is up oh, between snacks and different we have a chronic snacking problem in our house. That's that is the problem. And I actually realized that we had an even bigger problem when the Glenisk factory burnt down. And I realized how reliant I was on Glenisk sugar free, fromage free. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is basically her primary source of nutrition. And yeah. now it's gone. And I was like in the supermarket trying to find a yogurt that was similar. On the and black they don't market. exist. Oh, no. And like every other yogurt has sugar in it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this is this is this is a problem. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was like to my husband, I was like, we really have to reassess this because it was yeah. inevitable. We would do that where we'd offer the food, but I'd also offer the yogurt 
with the food because yeah. I'd be like okay yeah sure have your yogi and have you know whatever else we're mm-hmm. eating and it was kind of nearly that thing of to like entice her into this is a lovely meal yes. and we're all going to just eat our meals and it's no big deal and if mm-hmm. you want to eat your yogurt first fine but you're yeah. also going to eat the other bits yeah and then when the yogurt was gone I was like oh no, oh, no. red alert what are we going to do <laughs> level 11 I was like rebuild level the factory um, so yeah yeah but, but the thing is right why, how you describe that there's that there was that sense of fear as in oh my god what are we going to do like you know we kind of that's where the the kind of panic can set in and we try and work with our kids Mm. and yeah obviously we want our kids to be happy and we want them to have things that they enjoy but things do shift and change and you know what um, as much as our kids can get into repetitive modes and they get into habits or they're hell bent on certain foods um you know, by reintroducing other foods or other ways of dealing with things, yes, you will face resistance. So mm-hmm. I would say that first day where there was no that that yogurt, yogurt it's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but like, that is not going to be forever. It's it's we're afraid to make changes because we're concerned as to well, we know what we're going to face up to. Mm. So it's okay for our children to react. Because it's it's teaching them that, you know, they do have to vent. They do have to have space. So when you are in the throes of a child that is really unravelling, a uh, first point of action is um, stay calm. Again, I know that's really hard. But um, ref- um, acknowledge and validate. I know how much you love your yogurts, but there's none in the shops right now. I know how frustrated you are. So what you're doing is... <laughs> and I know there's probably parents going, oh, I'd love to be that calm. And when we're in the throes <laughs> of it, you're really make you're really having to take a breath and um, acknowledge it. And what you're doing there is you're validating the, their frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, but but kind of provide the space then. The calmer and firmer we are, mm-hmm. the more manageable the situation is. If we're getting into the ins and outs of the Glenisk factory burning down, <laughs> and the ins, you know, the, and how much, and we know how much you love, and da 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 da, this is where remember lids are flipping. There's no rationalising. There's no yeah. logic. The the red mist has descended, you know, and there's no explaining. And that's why the amount of energy, emotion, and uh, attention we pay to when they're in full throttle, mm-hmm. we're going nowhere fast. So that's why it's really up to us to take a step back, as difficult as it is, and I have been that soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to provide space. If you're with your other half and you're in the thick of a full-on argument now and you're really going hell for it, you know, and one really wants to get the bottom of it and the other's like, get a, you know, give me my space, you know, I'm not ready to actually discuss this because mm-hmm. you're after saying X, Y, Z. Frantically nodding head here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same for our kids. If yeah, we're trying to yeah. get into the ins and outs and how are you feeling? What's wrong? Why did you do that? And I, you know, uh, they're not going to have the answer You don't first. want to be in an argument. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but that's where it's because it sometimes can be physical, because it can be, you know, uh, the decibels are, you know, literally ready to raise the roof. We think we need to resolve and manage this right now. Sometimes it takes taking a step back. Yeah. So that is, is that, uh, this kind of brings me on to my next kind of question. Are timeouts a good way to manage a situation or to diffuse mm. a situation? My answer to that would be no. Okay. I don't believe in naughty step timeouts. <laughs> I'm like, that's another thing I'm doing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no, can I just say to you, right? Um, and this is, I, I'm very open about this, that I believe um, trying to remove our children in a state of upset 
out of a scenario and insist that they go to time out mm-hmm. or naughty step you're then dealing with a whole other scenario or a fight on your hands as to getting them to remove get their bums from a to b mm-hmm. that's why um because often when parents say well actually we we try it it doesn't really work because now some parents might be saying well actually it works for us if it works for you fair play Oh no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I was just, you know, I was like, that's another <laughs> thing. Just, like, we've tried it. People no. are saying to do it. It's working for their kids. Yeah, no. and you know what? If it works for them, brilliant. But what I would say is that um, nine times out of ten, let's say they will go, or they will say, "Will I go now?" And then they're up and down like March hens. Am I? Is it time? Are we finished? And there you are. Okay, one minute for every year. Or two, you know. Well, we blah, just blah, say blah. like, come out when you're ready to stop crying and apologize like when you're ready to say sorry you can come out okay um, so, do you know what and I then she comes out and she has her little saying that she goes she goes sorry 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 no 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 and then we're like yeah. back, back it again yeah. like it's, so, it's ridiculous so we get caught up in the 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 human thing of of apologizing mm. and for our smaller kids sorry shmari like okay, okay I, and I don't mean to be flippant about that, but we're so caught up in, say sorry, say sorry, sorry, you know, it's over their heads. Yeah, like what does it actually mean? Yeah, so really, um, yes, we can teach kindness and we can teach being gentle through our everyday interactions, okay? But what I would be suggesting, right, if you're looking for a little mm-hmm. um, tip for the next time. Help me for help. So when you are in the throes of you're in making the dinner and she's looking for the snack and you know, right, I'm, I'm actually not, go- I'm going to see this through. Uh, and you think, right, things are kicking off, right? Stay calm. It's like put on your matter of fact head. And again, I'm like, I'm going to stay calm here because she needs you to be calm. She needs, because if we're reflecting, you're going to you're bouncing off one another keep calm i know how much you want your snack but you can have it after dinner or you can have your your uh, whatever a and b but i want and um keep calm you've acknowledged feelings even get down to a level at some point and then she pursues the unraveling leave her be um i hear you i know you're upset and then i want you to kind of remove yourself as in and focus on the dinner mm-hmm. um Give her, provide the space. Um, after about 60 seconds, go back in. She's in the throes of it. I can see you're upset. When you're ready, you let me know, though, and I can help you. We can talk about it. Um, and again, if our children are, let Miriam, as young as your mm. little fella, um, it's, it's, again, tone and, and yeah, I was body language. Ask, I was actually going to ask that. Like, yeah. Is there any way you can kind of prevent <laughs> prevent <laughs> Miriam's basically like I'm listening to Eving every week and I'm trying to think to myself how do I yeah. not do that but no but he like Fiona started hitting but thinking it's hilarious yeah. and then I do my serious face I was like no can't do that but then he also thinks that's funny yeah so you know and um I can see him he's he's must be going through some sort of developmental milestone yeah. or a leap or something because yeah. he's just sort of progressing really rapidly and I'm like oh my god he's like growing up so much soon he's going to be way more assertive like yeah. at the moment he 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 doesn't like being put in his high chair mm. for eat like going back to meal times which is I'm fi- starting to find more difficult because yeah. he's not mm. eating what I want him to eat and he knows the difference between um like 
proper food and snack food. Yes. I know, they're so clever. Like, yeah. We're just like, <laughs> how the hell does Children. Like, Eddie and I, my husband, Eddie and I will um, go into the sitting room with a cup of tea and uh, like a chocolate bar and try and be sneaky about it. And Fionn knows what we have. Mm. And like, I was always never going to give him any sweet things, no sugar at all. And of course, we're giving little corners of our chocolate bars. Can I just tell oh you, you will no longer ever be able to get away with a rattling paper. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I will even say that for my 13 year old, any oh. kind of a crackle and they're like, know. what have you got? <laughs> Do you know, it's so sad. Like I, I used to back in the day, back pre pre kids <laughs> i'd love to just like sit down with a cup of tea watch my yeah. programs yeah. and like have a few snacks whatever and that's completely gone from my that's life patrol now. Okay. <laughs> but no but as in like i just don't have like i don't sit and snack and watch tv yes. anymore um, <laughs> and uh which is probably better for me in the long run but anyway um we sometimes will just like my husband and i sorry john telling all the secrets here <laughs> we'll stand at the fridge and like literally like wolf something into ourselves yeah. and like have the fridge door open because that's the shield and then as soon as we've swallowed whatever we've like just eaten we'll then like walk away and it's pathetic do you know yeah. what I have to say I do know what you mean um, and uh, <laughs> that's why I live for my evenings yeah. because <laughs> that's where now my kids are a bit older now and they do mm. stay up a bit longer but certainly with my four year old I'm like I need to have him in bed by eight o'clock because I want part of that evening. I mm. think that's really important though. Yeah, yeah, Whether you're, you know, dipping into the box of roses or the, the Kit Kats, um, it's really important that you have a little bit of time. And I'm not saying that flippantly either going, oh, you know, fill your cup up. But if we are burnt out, overwhelmed, if we are kind of burning the candle at both ends, we're no good to ourselves. We're no good to the kids. And I think that's where a lot of people have found themselves in that scenario during lockdowns yeah. and during COVID. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, people are e more easily triggered. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's just giving, no knowing. So I know for me, I really don't get a minute during the day. If I sit down, there's one, there's one of the three children up at me asking me something. And sometimes I say, can you give me couple of minutes so sometimes we go in and we're like right we've met all their needs they're mm. fed they're watered they've got you know changed or whatever it is and there'll be always something else yeah but it's theory it's just sometimes stages and, and phases our kids go through and then like that it's, it's part of every day so it's just as important then to kind of go well you know what do i want to go meet my friend do we need as a couple to go out for dinner Mm. Um, is it that we need to go and, and do something for ourselves um, but I think the thing is now that I'm honestly really starting to see since we've been talking to experts <laughs> 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 I did not realise this myself um, yeah I've, I've just been I think I'm realising that consistency and routine are the fundamentals that you yeah. really have to yeah. really adopt when you're parenting and and you have to commit yeah and committing to it and, and even we had a, a a we've done a podcast on sleep training or not sorry not sleep training the, op the opposite um on sleeping and lack of sleep and why kids yeah. aren't sleeping um mm -hmm. and for me it's definitely everything feeds into the other so you know we don't have a good routine around eating during the day then that feeds into a bad routine about sleeping like we used to have a really good sleep routine but when you're talking about changes like we had a period of a lot of change like yeah. moving new baby and that just completely set um Isabel off shall we say yeah um so she stopped sleeping through the night and could climb out of her cot and just was like this is great crack I'm yeah. not doing this anymore mm -hmm. so 
everything does kind of feed into the other. So um, how or what, what would you tackle first if somebody is kind of going like, OK, I really need to just implement a bit more routine to, into my life. Do you just try and start everything slowly but surely? Do you go in all guns blazing? Like how's the best way to implement routine? Like, you know, uh, I think it's currently looking at uh, what how it is right now. What seemed to be the biggest bone of contention? What are the main issues? Is it some families is like, you know what? We're ticking along nicely at morning, but bedtime's a nightmare. Um, look at what is working and then what is most challenging. And sometimes it can be little tweaks. It do, it's not this massive big change mm-hmm. and this massive big kind of like, oh my God, we're going to have to turn our lives around. Um, so identify what the challenges are and look at, right, what would be helpful right now? So even just regarding morning routine, um, I mentioned there about, you know, getting the kids dressed. That can often be the biggest um, fight with the kids because uh, parents find themselves running around at half seven in the morning trying to get a pair of pants on their two-year-old toddler. Um, so it's 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 tweaking that. It's also being mindful of the time that you have given yourself, let's say again, applying in the morning routine. If, you're a, if you have a tendency to hit the snooze button and you're kind of racing around having your own shower while also getting breakfast into the kids, mm. that would be a, a telltale sign that, okay, I need to be getting up a little bit earlier. Yeah. Here. I know myself, even coming to come in this morning and, and talk to yourselves, I knew I had to be up that bit earlier if I want to be out the door and be ready myself mm-hmm. um, because in fairness it's been a while since we all had to <laughs> sit at a desk <laughs> yeah. in person yeah. um, so but and that's our responsibility mm-hmm. bottom yeah. line yeah. and the kids aren't going to again say how are we going to you know how are we going to manage this and um, so uh, things like you know again getting coats on and, and hats and scarves getting out the door have it all ready the night before and I'm not I mean I know some families are like oh god you know having the I actually love doing that <laughs> no I do too I have to, to honestly you I do could lose myself. 10 yeah. minutes trying to find that other runner yeah or you know the lunchbox or maybe if the lunchboxes are in the school bags from the day before and there you are frantically trying to wash them out to yeah. put in the oh fresh god. lunch so but this can happen very easily um so while you know we're thinking of the big answer so it's just how can we make life a bit easier for ourselves mm-hmm. um but when you know going back to we talk about kind of the consistency and the predictability yes that's a great kind of uh it, it's a great thing and, and a great approach to take and, and something that is important to ingrain in our parenting it's not always easy and particularly if, if, if there's different adults at home approaching things differently i was actually going to ask you about this next yeah. so obviously not um, demonizing my own parents or my in-laws or anything because we're very lucky we have family close by and they're incredibly helpful to mm. us um, which I know a lot of people haven't had yeah. the luxury of that over we, COVID we yeah. don't at all. Um, but how do you kind of navigate I suppose different approaches like is it okay for you know when um, now tomorrow when I start implementing all these amazing new um, <laughs> structures and approaches into my life <clears throat> You know, say for like if Isabel goes over to my parents and my mum gives her a bit of chocolate or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is it just like, will, will a child register, okay, this is my grand, so it's fine? Or will they yeah. go like, woo, now I get chocolate all the time? Do you know what? Mm. God love the grandparents because <laughs> they, are, they they too get the bad rep. I mean, oh, they're spoiling the kids. Look, I think there's a bit of give and take. If it's a daily thing and you're really trying to work on the volume of sweet treats you know if you can have the conversation and it could be the in-laws and it could be meaning 
mum or dad or wherever the adults are having that quiet word going, look, we're really trying to focus on this. If it's that, you know, you're, you're heading over and maybe they are due a treat later on the day, you know, it's that giving the heads up. Now, you know, you will have a treat in nanny and granddad's mm-hmm. later on. Um, just so you know, that will be your treat for today. That's kind of, yeah. you know, um, if it's really getting quite serious where it's constant sugar overload, mm. um, it's whether or not there's that relationship there where you're able to kind of go, look, this oh, is... Oh, no, don't worry. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm quite quite able to tell my parents not to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's actually gas because like, my mum and dad were so strict with us. Like, we never had sweets. Yeah. I'd say like not even Monday to Friday like we never had sweets like at the weekends and stuff like it wasn't a thing where it'd be like Saturday and you could suddenly like yeah. get all the treats out but like my mum my mum and dad obviously give um, Isabel treats but like sometimes my dad will even open the fridge and in front of her say to me is it okay if I give her like yeah, she I loves know. marshmallows like and I, like uh, you know <laughs> a pink one and a white one because that's what they call them uh, or Isabel calls them and I'm like well, you have to give it now because she's heard you. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's I like, I, it's on me then to be like the big bad yeah. wolf saying no. So that's every reason that going forward, if you, you know, you know they're coming over, it's just preempting it. Yeah. But look, you know, things are said. Sorry, by the way, sorry, mum and dad, you're amazing. And <laughs> I, I really appreciate all the help. <laughs> that's why you go to your fridge and, and, and yeah, hide and get yeah. your <laughs> snacks because you're deprived as a child. I, know, I don't blame everything. <laughs> it's all your fault. Um, look, you know, there's no again one answer, but if you're finding that it's it's getting to be a little bit of an of an issue, you know you're heading over, you know your parents are coming over, going look at, she's after we're we're after you know she's after getting her treat or everything. Mm. We, we just kind of keep stum and uh, again the, the more repetitive we can be in that messaging, the more the kids will understand. It's the same I know. Um, I've worked with clients before where you know they'd be going over to the grandparents and it w- that would be the only time where the iPad would come out. Okay, and they'd be he- they'd be transfixed on this iPad. And I remember one particular client said, I had to tell my dad, look, we have to just nip it in the bud. So at that point, it's like, oh, it's broken now. And the more then they went over and knew it was broken, the more just the habit. Yeah, it is so funny, like how they get into the habits. Like with Isabel, we went through a phase where if we were going out for food or like, you know, whatever, Mm. um, this is all like again. I'd, I'm, t- I'm telling the deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. I'm like, these are all the crap things I do this as a parent. Podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, w- we'd give her our phones to watch stuff, and like, I know this is terrible, but like, she YouTube does something to her. It's like crack. Like she's she flicks through videos. She like knows how to navigate the phone. It's terrifying. Um, but she knows now that like when she goes to a restaurant or a cafe or whatever and it's essentially just to keep her quiet we give her our phones so that we can yeah. selfishly have 40 minutes or like mm. eat our food or whatever you need that too though but now yeah. on Sunday we were walking by a restaurant and she was like mama can we go to the restaurant please can we go to the restaurant and I was like this is actually incredible like this is insane my toddler is telling me she wants to go to a restaurant so she can get her fix oh. <laughs> on YouTube mm. do you know what I mean yes. so is it that thing of like just if you if you keep breaking these little yeah. bad habits you get into like eventually they will get the message if you see I think again do you expect- replace them with something else yeah well you know what I have been again myself and my husband still talk about when Charlie lost it and he was three and we were in a restaurant over in Dunleary and uh, my my husband was who's also called John traumatised and he still talks do you remember at the time <laughs> we stopped going out with him to eat for about a year because he just wasn't able yeah and um but what I'd say is if you are planning on going out and, you know, having that meal out, yes, we use the phones, the screens as a crutch. Um, if you really want to break the habit, you just don't 
bring it out and you bring other distractions. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, again, think of it like manage the expectations. Of, is my t- are we in the throes of the toddler years where they're up and down off the table and they're in and out and maybe they're not coping with sitting at the table? Mm. Obviously, we do need to teach them and that's why it's just as important to encourage kind of eating at the table at home because if the kids are used to running around the house, eating on the couch, we can't expect them then to sit at a restaurant yeah. and be quiet either. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's again, managing our own expectations. But if, you again, you want to encourage the mealtimes with family, get her to kind of bring the few bits. If the phone isn't there, and let's say you just conveniently leave the phone in the car, yeah. it is what it is. But habit can form literally like that. Yeah. It can form so quickly. And then, again... Back in the day, like, people used to colour. Our yeah. little kids used to colour at I the know. dinner table. I know. This is the thing. Like, I've, I've bought little colouring books that come out for um, when we're out and about, and then she'll literally do a bit of colouring and then be like... It's like even the things she's like crocodile one. Finished. It's this weird no. video on YouTube where it's like this man has like created a crocodile figure that like it's actually awful. Like he <laughs> goes around trying to like eat the pig family, and then he there's a Paw Patrol version, and she's like she's obsessed. She loves it. She's like crocodile one, crocodile one. Um, but we actually left a restaurant once because um, it was a cafe we in Dunleary. I was like, what's, oh, what, what, what is it with Dunleary? God, Dunleary. <laughs> um, sorry, I do love Dunleary. I'm yes, from Dunleary. I do too. Um, but. Yeah, we left because their Wi-Fi um, wasn't working. Oh, God. <laughs> and like the phone... That's a first. And the phone signal wasn't strong enough because it's down by the seafront. And oh, yeah. the phone wouldn't... It wouldn't load. Yeah. And sh- we could see it. It was building, it was building, it was building. And we were just were like, let's just go. Let's just get out of here. Because actually it was like, I don't want her to kick off now and ruin everyone else's brunch. You yeah. know? Do you know what, though? So that, that, you know, that's where her expectation is. The phone will come out. Yeah. And she associates going for dinner and the automatic is the phone and in the long term it's fo- it's it's looking at right well what do we want do we want it to be that this is a time for you know to sit as a family and and I don't mean to say that with rose tinted glasses mm-hmm. because the reality of uh, we have to kind of understand taking small kids out for meals in public arenas you're going to be you're going to have that kind of um you know those challenges so you know it is one of those things um, well, Aoife, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. I've learned a lot. This is like Me my too. my private session that I'm obviously <laughs> publicising for all the world to hear. Um, well, I'm glad to have all of this like information at my disposal. Yeah, Mary, for when Mary, the you're going to be perfect. I know. You're like, going to be the most perfect here. mom. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's it's so insightful, and I think it's just really powerful for parents to talk to each other and to admit you know when things aren't going wrong yeah. or right and things are maybe going wrong and mm. to just get that advice and yeah. um information so do you want to just tell us again where people can find all your resources yeah so um i've a kind of very active instagram account at parent support and i would post on that daily um but also and i'd also share any kind of when i'm on media or sharing when got pop podcast published etc and then my um my website parentsupport.ie is um full of resources and media appearances and all of that um so yeah people are welcome to pop on and have a little w- gander as to all my tips and tricks that i share amazing well, thank I'm, you ladies i'm headed there right now <laughs> yeah, i'm going there okay. as soon as we like finish this <laughs> okay well thank thanks you so, so much, much. Aoife. thanks girls it's been lovely thank, thank you, you.